Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's where we've made it so far. And before long, we will be done with this little series, and I hope that we will be able to appreciate the beauty of the Lord's Prayer all the more. I feel like one of the most neglected parts of the Lord's Prayer is the sentence that we are studying today, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to note that we have a problem here. When it comes to our mnemonic devices, acts and pray, they say that our praises should be followed by confession and repentance. Well, this part of the Lord's Prayer looks more like a request than confession. Why did Jesus go out of order here? Why did he mess it up? I'm just trying to be funny here. Of course, Jesus didn't mess up in his model model prayer, but our mnemonic devices are just simply not perfect. In fact, I would argue that after we get past the point of addressing God and and praising God, that the order of the next components of a proper prayer can be a little bit loose, can be flexible. Jesus went from addressing God to praising God to petitioning God for his heavenly will to be manifest on earth. So today, we are going to start talking about petitioning God, and we are going to use Jesus' prayer as a way to guide us in how we should make requests of God. Now it's easy to pervert other passages to make them mean something more sweet to our ears than Jesus actually intended. For instance, take John 14.14. In John 14.14, Jesus said, You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, isn't that an incredible promise? So I can get on my knees and pray fervently that God give me a big house, an expensive car, and a million dollars. And Jesus says that he will give it to me. Isn't that wonderful? Well, let us be mindful of the context of John 14, 14. First of all, John 14, 13, Jesus said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ooh, so there's a qualifier to Jesus' promise. Then if we read verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, Keep my commands. Notice he's not saying, if you keep my commands, I will do whatever you ask of me. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Now, here's a question. Who is the you in this statement? Is that you and me? No, it's actually not you and me. Now, mind you, if you love Jesus, you will keep his commands. But who is Jesus talking to in this context? Jesus was addressing the apostles. This is a deeply intimate part of scripture where Jesus was eating the Passover. They were designated to be the teachers of not only first century believers in Christ, but to all of us. When you open up your Bibles to the New Testament, you are reading the teachings of the apostles. And Paul was commissioned as an apostle later. But even when we read Mark, Luke, and Acts, 
we are reading what these disciples learned directly from the twelve apostles. The teachings of the twelve, all of the teachings, were taught to them by Jesus. And when we read about the apostles, including Paul, when they declared that a miracle needed to be performed or that a demon needed to be cast out in the name of Jesus, their prayers were never hindered. And I've heard very fervent, sincere prayers that proclaimed and reminded God of the promise given by Jesus that whatever we ask for in his name, he would do it. And it didn't happen. They were denied. And sometimes people even lose faith over such instances. For us, remember the qualifier to glorify the Father and the Son and the context of promise given to the apostles. Even then, Jesus was denied when he asked that the cup of God's wrath be taken away from him. And we note that Sometimes, even the apostles were denied in their pleas as well. And that was because their requests needed to be for the glory of God, not just for their own personal deliverance. But that's not to say that it was sinful to ask in the first place. It's okay to ask of God whatever it is that you need in his name. We should feel free and open to be able to lift up our requests before him. And what a foolproof, never-failing prayer request that Jesus gave us in the Lord's model prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. It's been a little while now, but I was listening to a preacher by the name of Paul Washer. He was talking about prayer, and he spoke of how it is important to pray in God's will and to pray God's word back to him. Now, The examples I'm going to use are probably not what he said, but the examples are along the lines of how he was saying we should pray. So pray things like this. The wicked plot against the righteous, but you, Lord, laugh at the wicked. The blameless will spend their days in the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. May the gospel of the kingdom be preached throughout the world, and everyone hear of your Son, Jesus. Let your word be a testimony to the nations, and bring your kingdom here. Amen. Now this prayer I put together is a mishmash of scripture. Everything prayed in a prayer like this is good, is right, and will never fail to be answered in the affirmative. Furthermore, It will align our will with that of God. Instead of our will taking the forefront of our prayers, God's will will be our focus. Having said that, we are graced with a nice little line within the Lord's Prayer that addresses our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Now I remember this line best from that old prayer that you learn as a child God is great. God is good. Now we thank you for our food. By his hand we must be fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Amen. We often use, uh, we, we oftentimes use it in the most literal sense as it is used in this beautiful little prayer. And I think that that is wise. And I, I think that it's 
good to do that as well. When we think about the food that is set before us, we should always be grateful to God. When we consider the reality that there are so many starving in the world, there are so many that are being oppressed by tyrannical governments that intentionally starve their own people to death and don't allow them access to clean water, these governments will even suppress the very word of the Lord so that their people cannot repent of their sins and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the bread sent from heaven. In him we have all we need because even in death we shall live. But I think that is more than food as I have already implied. This seems to be sort of a blanket statement for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread is like asking the Lord, give me everything I need today to survive, to serve you, and to do your will. There might be days when you do not eat. There are plenty of Christians across the world who pray this prayer that are denied food, shelter, and even clothing. Is God failing to answer their prayer? In no way. He is providing their daily bread. His grace is sufficient for us, for in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. It is yet another unfailing prayer request. So long as you are alive, God is providing for your daily needs. As soon as you expire, even so, the Lord has provided for your daily needs and has determined that it is time for you to come home. And I know that for some of you, maybe all of you, and even for myself, we need these words of encouragement for today. Because we often wonder, why has God not heard my prayer? Why has God allowed me to suffer? Why do the wicked prevail and I, who am trying so hard to please God, being treated so poorly by the world and my circumstances? Well, take heart. The Lord's will never fails. If you pray the way that Jesus wants you to pray, you will take the focus of your prayer requests off of yourself and direct them to the glory of God. You will have a better understanding that when you pray for your own healing or the healing of a loved one, it is not for them and it is not for you that you are really praying. It is for the glory of God to be revealed in your life and theirs. After all, Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. But Lazarus's gravestone read, Here lies Lazarus, friend of the Lord, twice dead. Praise God that Lazarus was resurrected, but he eventually died again. What was that whole resurrection thing about then? It wasn't about Lazarus. It was about the glory of God. For in what other name? In heaven or on earth or under the earth can men be saved outside of the name of Jesus. If we simply ask for miracles and for our own vitality, we are missing the whole point. I know that my prayers are not always about the glory of God. You are probably aware that your prayers are not always about the glory of God. So let us pray that his name is glorified in all the earth. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us 
at 10.30 on Sunday mornings. But don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.